0: Good morning, everybody. Glad to have everyone here. Thank you for coming and joining us for this time of worship. For this day of celebration, it is a special season that we are in, and I am thankful that you are here to be with us. If this is your first time with us, there should be a connect card in the pew rack in front of you. We would ask you to take that connect card and fill it out. Let us know that you've been here. If you have prayer requests or things you need us to know, write it on that same card, drop it in the offering plate. We'll be in touch with you to try to respond to whatever need you have. If you're joining us via live stream, welcome. We are glad that you are here as well. You You can go to the address you'll see on the screen and let us know that you have been with us. You can also write us your prayer request as well, and I promise you that we'll respond to them. But we are glad that we have all gathered here today, and I am excited that we are all one as we gather here. We are one in the spirit of Jesus Christ, and we are all one as citizens of our nation. It is something for us to be proud of, to be Americans. It is something for us to be even more proud of, to be citizens of the kingdom of God. Let's watch this together.
1: Every day we walk within it, most of us unaware of it, holding fast to it nonetheless. As we breathe its air, take in its beauty, As we work its land and cultivate its commerce, we create in it, laugh in it, dance in it, raise our families in it, kneel and pray for it. But here, (laughs) here is the day where we stop and look at it. Really look at it. We light up the sky for it. Wave our flags with a special kind of joy. Gather our neighbors and loved ones and let freedom ring. Over the mountains we climb, through the neighborhoods where we live our lives and into the night sky that watches it all. We celebrate our freedom press on to perfect the process of democracy our democracy with every hearty handshake and every bright firework and each prayer of thanks to god for all of it we continue to pursue the protection of life we keep protecting a hard-fought liberty of many
0: we have become one join me in our litany and prayer for our nation as we remember the birth of our nation and the gifts of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness let us offer our thanks and prayers to God the giver of all good things We thank you, Lord. For the tribes and nations who inhabited this land for generations. We
2: thank you, Lord. For patriots who have dreamed of and fought for a free nation. We thank you, Lord.
0: For the men and women who laid the foundation of our democracy and who envisioned liberty and justice for all. We thank you,
2: Lord. For those who built this country brick by brick, road by road, farm by farm, town by town.
0: For our community and church, for those who came before us, and for neighbors near and far.
2: Amen, Lord. Lord, we pray for our country that we might always be a nation that defends and promotes liberty and freedom, truth and justice. Praise
0: may we always be a nation where all, all are free to worship and pray, and may we always be a beacon of freedom to all who live under the shadow of war, terror, And hopelessness.
2: We pray to be a people who are willing to repent of our sins and who are willing to return to you and your grace.
0: Gracious God, God, Father of all all nations, nations, bless and and defend defend us us and our our land.
3: Prosper us, us,
0: increase us in your your compassion, compassion, and help help us us to to be be thankful thankful people for for all all that that we have. have. and for for all all you hope for us us to be. In In the the name name of Jesus Jesus Christ we pray, pray. Amen. amen. Lord, hear this prayer that we have prayed as one today. Let your spirit be upon us. Help us to be thankful for all things good and proper, for freedom, for grace, for love, for hope. May it all be upon us today as we gather to worship Let all that we do here be something that will please you and honor you, for it is in your name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing together.
2: For the hills in... of days and, and work I need
0: Our scripture readings today come from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 57 through 62, and from Galatians 5, verse 1. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, let your spirit be upon us as we come to this place, as we come to this time. Help us, O Lord, to learn from you and help us, O Lord, to apply what we learn. For it is in your name we offer our prayer. Amen. Amen. As we start this morning, a couple of people have already stopped me and asked why we are using these cups. There are a couple of reasons. One is because a lot of our deacons are busy trying to get things ready outside. And so we knew that we might be a few short of those today. Uh, The other is we had used these cups during the height of COVID and we have about 10,000 of them left. So enjoy. And just for the record, I thank God we've got 10,000 of them left. That means we're not having the problems we did. I don't know how you feel about it, but I actually love the 4th of July. It's one of my favorite days of the year, primarily because I was raised in a very patriotic family. When I was growing up, my mother taught me the Pledge of Allegiance, and then she taught me the 23rd Psalm. You couldn't have found a family that was more patriotic than the family that I grew up in. When the 4th of July rolled around, we always were red, white, and blue, and we went and we took part in all the small towns festivities and we celebrated our country which is probably why I became so angry sometime back when I heard a woman out of the blue in a store that say something to a person that she was talking to she said I hate the 4th of July I hate the flag I hate patriotism I hate the military I hate everything about it that woman hates everything about our country except the freedom she gets from being part of our country that woman really annoyed me that day in fact for just a split second i kind of wanted to have the laying on of hands with that woman it's been a long time since i've been angry enough at somebody that i really wanted to have a word of prayer with them in the middle of a store but I didn't. Why? Because, number one, it would have been wrong. We follow Jesus. It's not what he would do. And number two, that flag stands for her right to disagree with me, wrong though she may be but it also stands for my right to disagree with her, and I do because I love our country. It's easy for me to tear up when I hear the national anthem. In fact, that happened just last week. I, I turned on the Sports Channel, and they were singing the national anthem before some game, and I found my eyes welling up, which was a really strange thing because it was the Canadian national anthem. Oh, Canada, they have a soul stirring national anthem. Kind of made me want to storm the beaches of Normandy or something. The point is, I'm weird, and I know that, but I'm patriotic which is why I enjoy the 4th of July so much. I think that we need to be reminded at least once a year that we enjoy a level of freedom in this country that most of the world has never known and probably will never know. Friends, that is a truly wonderful gift, and a lot of people have paid a very high price to not only give us that gift to preserve that, but to preserve that gift, and we need to be thankful for that. We need to celebrate our freedom, and we need to teach our children how important this gift is. However, as important as it is, we also need to remind ourselves of a few things. First, before the 4th of July is over, we need to remind ourselves that patriotism is a wonderful thing. But it can also be a dangerous thing if we are not careful with it because there's absolutely nothing patriotic about the words, my country right or wrong. My dad fought in World War II. He landed on those beaches of Normandy, fought all the way to Germany, and he was very quick to point out all of my life that patriotism is a wonderful thing, but the Germans were very patriotic people. They saluted their flags. They loved their country. They loved their leader. The problem wasn't that they didn't love their country and that they didn't love their leader. The problem is, what else did they love? They didn't love the heart of what we believed as the source of faith, and that was Jesus Christ. That, that was not ruining their nation. It was not ruining their consciences. And as a result, my country, right or wrong, became a dangerous thing. We've heard those words in our country a lot over the last few years, and that's not a good thing. America wasn't founded on the principle of my country, right or wrong. America was founded on the principle of liberty and justice for all. And when anybody starts suggesting that we ought to take away a person's freedom because they don't agree with the majority or they don't agree with the party line, we need to be willing to stand up and say, no, it's our duty to Salute the flag, but it is not our duty to salute the flag no matter what. It's not our duty to just say, My country, right or wrong. It's our duty as Americans to stand up and protest when justice isn't being done. In fact, one of the things that makes America unique in the world is that we are one of the few nations that was actually founded as a protest nation. Our country is probably the only country on earth that teaches its children that it is not only our right but it is our duty to protest whenever we see injustice being done and the reason we do that is because we know in our hearts that nobody's freedom is safe unless everybody's freedom is safe nobody can be guaranteed justice unless everybody is being guaranteed justice And before anyone gets annoyed and comes up to me after the service and says, our government would never take away someone's freedom, they would never take away someone's right, let me just say, yes, it could because it has. In the early part of the 20th century, women were arrested and put in jail, sometimes without trial, because they dared to march in the streets and demand the right to vote. And for the record, the Southern Baptist Convention just two weeks ago made it clear again that women were not to be leaders of churches at all. But it's worth reminding everyone that the Southern Baptist Convention was adamantly opposed to women being able to vote. That somehow just makes me happy. I don't know why. In 1941, several hundred thousand Japanese Americans had their homes and their businesses seized, and, and they were arrested and put into detainment camps for no reason at all, except they were of Japanese descent, and the rest of the nation was afraid of them because of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Some of those people were second and third generation Americans, but they didn't look like most Americans, and so the government took away their freedom. For years, black Americans were not only second-class citizens, but they could could be arrested without trial, their property could be seized, they could be beaten in the streets, and many of them were lynched by mobs, and the only reason that happened is because their skin didn't happen to be the favorite color of the majority of the citizens I grew up eight miles from New Echota, the original capital of the Cherokee Nation. That entire nation and most of the rest of the southeastern Native American tribes were rounded out and up and, and they were moved through the Trail of Tears to Oklahoma because the white majority wanted their land and they thought it was okay to do that because their skin didn't look exactly like all of the rest. Don't tell me it can't happen here. It can because it has. And if we're not vigilant, it can happen again because there's always going to be somebody that's that's going to be looking for a following. There's always going to be a demagogue out there who's looking for a scapegoat that they can blame for whatever it is that's making them mad in the world. And the day that we refuse to exercise our duty to protest against injustice and bigotry and hatred, that's the day liberty and justice for all will be lost for everybody. America wasn't built on the concept, my country right or wrong. In fact, from a biblical point of view, my country right or wrong is the sin of idolatry. When you decide anything is so perfect that it deserves your unflinching loyalty no matter what, then you're raising whatever it is to the same level as God, and that's wrong. That's making an idol out of a temporal thing. And if you don't believe that, just look at the passage of Scripture that we just read from the Gospel of Luke. One day Jesus was heading to Jerusalem with this, when this man came out to meet him and he said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. But instead of saying, okay, Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Now, the obvious interpretation of that is that we need to count the cost before we start following Jesus. But there's more to this than just counting cost. That's correct, but there's just more to the story. Back in Jesus's day, the word foxes and birds were apocalyptic words, and apocalyptic language was a secret coded language that the Hebrews had used for centuries to communicate with each other about their enemies. The book of Daniel is an apocalyptic book. The book of Revelation is an apocalyptic book. In this situation, the phrase birds of the air was an apocalyptic symbol for an unbelieving nations like Rome. And the word foxes was a symbol for people who were the enemies of God, the enemies of Israel, people like Caesar or like the Roman governor or, or like King Herod. This man who came to Jesus because he wanted to follow Jesus, he did indeed want to follow Jesus. But the reason he wanted to follow him But because he wanted power and prestige. He thought Jesus was going to be the new king, and he wanted to be part of the new government. He wanted power. He wanted prestige. He wanted material success, and Jesus knew those were all of the wrong reasons to be following him. So, instead of just saying, sure, come on, join me, be part of what I'm doing, Jesus said, if you want power and success, you need to go to the birds of the air like Rome. They feather their nests wherever they they go and, and they use whatever means they have to use to, to make it all come true. Or you can go to the foxes like Caesar or, or like King Herod. They use treachery and deceit and the power of the sword to get what they want, but I'm not one of them. I'm the son of God and as far as the secular world is concerned, I have no power. So if you want glamour and wealth and power and influence, you're not only going to find it, you're not going to find it by following me because that's what my kingdom is all about. That man thought he was free to follow Jesus, but what he discovered was that he wasn't free at all. He was a slave. He was a slave to his own desires. He was a slave to his ambitions. He was a slave to sin. And so were the other two men in this story. The second man said, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me go bury my father. That would have been perfectly fine if it hadn't been for the fact that his father wasn't dead. In the Middle East, a son was obligated to look after his aging parents until they died, and, and, and then he could go and do whatever he wanted to do. So when this man said, first, let me go bury my father, he wasn't telling Jesus that his daddy was dead. He was saying, someday I will follow you, but right now I have priorities that are more important than what you're doing. The third man in this story said, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me go home and say goodbye to my family. And that would have been fine too if it hadn't been for the fact that this guy wasn't going home to say goodbye to his family. In the Middle East, the only social security system was the family. So if a son wanted to leave home, he had to ask permission of the people who were going to be affected by their decision. And Jesus knew that man's family wasn't going to give him permission to go chasing after some would-be Messiah. There were almost 30 people claiming to be the Messiah at the time that Jesus was doing his ministry. There was no way in the world that somebody was going to say, sure, go ahead, follow one of these people. All of those people ended up dead. In other words, the second and the third men in this story were very much like the first one. They were interested in following Jesus, but they really weren't free to follow Jesus because they had priorities that were taking precedence over God. And notice something here they weren't bad priorities. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a success in life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to serve in the government. There's certainly nothing in the world wrong with wanting to take care of your family. There's nothing wrong with being patriotic. There's nothing wrong with loving your country as long as you remember that your first allegiance, your very first love has to be God. Because real freedom, true freedom doesn't come from your family and it doesn't come from the government. True freedom comes from our commitment to Jesus Christ our Lord. True freedom comes when we give our lives to God, and that's what this table is about at the front of our room. Every time we come to this table, we quote the words that Jesus said to his disciples that night, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. I've said this before, but whenever we use the word remember in modern day America and in our English language, we think of memory. We think of recalling things that have happened in the past. But in the Hebrew world, remembrance meant a lot more than that. When someone you love commanded you to remember them, what they were doing was they were asking you to live a life that would honor them. They were asking you to live out their values and their gifts to the world. They were you to embody their love, to embody what they had stood for in their lives. They were asking you to show the the best of their lives to the world through the life that you are living. When Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, what he was saying was, embody me embody my message, embody the power of the cross, embody God's love to the world, show the world what real freedom looks like, what real courage looks like, what real life looks like. Because if you do, I promise that living message will not only save your lives, but it'll save the world from tyranny. It'll save the world from death if you embody me and follow me and remember me to the world it will change the lives of people and it will change how people feel about everything especially the gift of freedom 20 years ago this year several of us went to a conference in charlotte north carolina to hear dr tony campano who was the featured speaker of that event Tony's one of the best preachers that I have ever heard in my life, but Tony tells a lot of the same stories over and over because he goes all over the country and he's always speaking to a different group. I was looking forward to hearing him speak, but I just assumed I I was going to hear the same stories I had heard before. However, that night, Tony told one story that I had never heard before, and it was a very important story from the horrors of World War II. When the Nazis invaded Bulgaria, they had the same plan for Bulgaria that they did for the rest of Europe. They were going to rid Bulgaria of the Jews. One day, not long after they had come to power, a train load of Nazi SS troops arrived in the city of, the capital city of Sofia, and they started rounding up the Jews, and then they brought them to the train station, and they started sorting them out so they could load them on cattle cars to take them to the death camps that they had had set up all over Europe. However, one of the people who saw this happening was the head of the church in Bulgaria, a man whose office was called the Metropolitan of the Orthodox Church of Bulgaria. When the Metropolitan saw what was happening, he called as many of of the church people that he could find, and about 300 of those church people marched down to the train station. And when they got there, the Metropolitan pushed his way through those Nazi soldiers, and then his church members followed him and they lined up in front of those Jews and, and once they were there, the Metropolitan yelled out just one verse of Scripture from the book of Ruth, but that one verse of Scripture was going to change everything that night. Once they had, once he pushed his way through all of those soldiers, the Metropolitan yelled, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will go. I will live. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. As soon as the Metropolitan had finished, the church people all started cheering. And when they did, all of the Jews started cheering. And then the people of the city heard this cheering and the people from that area all came and started gathering around those troops. And they started cheering as well. And within just a few minutes, the SS commander realized that he and his troops were outnumbered and so he ordered his troops back on the train and they vacated the capital city and that gave the metropolitan time to organize a system for hiding the Jews and smuggling them out of the country. From that day until the war was over, very few, if any, Jews from Bulgaria ever ended up in a concentration camp. They did not end up being put into places where all of the others had. Not a single Jew lost their lives. Why? Because one man, one free and faithful Christian man dared to embody the courage of almighty God. He dared to embody true freedom to those people. He dared to become a living remembrance of the power and the courage of Jesus Christ. And when he did, he not only saved thousands of lives, but he literally became the power of God as he stood up to the forces of tyranny and death. The apostle Paul said it is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is not just for our freedom, but it is for the freedom of the world that Christ has set us free. Today, Let's let true freedom ring from this sanctuary as we eat this meal of remembrance and commitment. And may the power of God live through us to make our lives and our country the beacons of hope and liberty that God wants them to be. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we have come to this place today to celebrate not just to celebrate our country and not to confuse our country with, with any other freedom, but to remember, Lord, that true freedom is born from you and true freedom will live out from us into the world and it will cause us to cherish freedom for all people. It will cause us to want to embody the gifts of courage and grace and hope and power and love. Help us, O Lord, as we eat this meal today to remember that you are not just calling on us to think about what you did 2,000 years ago. You are calling on us to let that power and that strength live through us so the world will remember you and what you did and how you did it and the way you loved and the way you cared when they look at the people of God. Make it so today, Lord Jesus, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. After, as they gathered around the table, Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. After they had eaten, Jesus took a cup and he blessed that cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant that is given to you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Holy God, we thank you for this meal. We thank you for this opportunity to join together with you. Let your spirit be upon us as we come to this place and help us to know that we are called for more than just a celebration. We are called for more than just to have fun. We are called to remember you and to embody your grace. Make it so, Lord Jesus. For it is through your grace that freedom rings. Amen. I want to thank you all for coming to be with us today. There are a couple of announcements that we need to make. One is that we have, uh, we're doing our backpacks of love for the school system this year. There've been a lot of budget cuts for the school systems because of things that happen within our state. And so we are doing backpacks this year. You can find the needs that will be on the on the bus on the wall that's down at the main door to the educational building. We hope that you'll go by and pick up at least one of those and, and help us to meet the needs of these kids. Uh, we'd like to have all those taken as, as soon as we can so we can get them, Uh, gathered together and get them to the schools, and we hope that you will take part in that. As we leave here today, I would ask you not to go out this main door right here because there's gonna be a lot of stuff set up right in front of it. If you would go down the hall and go out the educational building door, that'll get you lined up for the food that is right there, and uh, I'll be going out the window so I can be there to show you where it is. The Panjammers are with us today, and that's, uh, they are set up right in front of this door, so we hope that you will go around there. We're going to have our blessing over the meal in here so that you can get started when we go out, and I thank you very much for coming and joining in this time. Let us remember to take our freedom not for granted, but to take it into the world and to trust that that freedom, true freedom, will make all of the difference. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the grace that we celebrate. I thank you for the freedom that you have given us and that we enjoy as a nation. Help us, O oh Lord, to embody that freedom in the best way that we possibly can, and help us to take that into the world that's around us. I thank you, O oh Lord, for all of the people who have worked so hard this morning to get this celebration ready for us. I pray that you will bless them as they have, as they live out their lives as well, and I pray, O oh God, that you will bless the food that they have prepared for us, that it will nourish our bodies, and that we will be able to be a people who will enjoy the gifts of freedom this day as we enjoy good food as well. Now let your spirit be upon us, O Lord, and let it be upon this gathering. Hear our prayer today, O Lord, for it's in your name we offer it. Amen. Now may the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day now and forevermore. Amen. And just for the record, every time I fail to say that, about a half dozen of you come and tell me to say it to you. So here we are.